I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. What's up? What's up, Top Rope Nation? It is Monday morning. It's Ryan Drosty and Kyle Ross here with you to break down what we saw last night. <laughs> Money in the Bank 2021. A lot of big headlines. Coming out of the show, we're going to get into all of them. We're going to talk about the matches. We're going to get your feedback. We would love to get you involved in the show. Let us know what you thought of the pay-per-view in the comments, wherever you are watching. We are streaming live right now on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And, of course, this will be available after the fact, probably where the majority of you are listening on our podcasting feeds, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Kyle Ross, last night was your wedding anniversary. So how are you doing? And uh, what was your experience like watching this show? Six years. Six years is a long time to be champion. Um, well, first off, yeah, it was a good anniversary. Tried breaking Paul Orndorff's record uh, last night, but <laughs> not talking about the house in Toronto either, but that's okay. That's a different story. Um, this morning when I watched back the pay-per-view, a lot less exciting, I think. Um, I'm going to just preface this podcast with a disclaimer to all of our fans. I am a lot less excited than probably you are. And by you, I mean the listeners, not necessarily Mr. Drosty. And speaking of which, Mr. Drosty, I apologize. That bastard scam likely uh, gave me a call just as we went live here on the podcast. Or that noise, I apologize. <laughs> all right. That's scam all right. likely, man. This guy calls me like six times a day. <laughs> Never pick him up. Kyle, you put in our Facebook group that uh you're grinning based on the notes and what you had ready to say at the top of the show and that delivered my friend <laughs> wait till the, the end door. wait till the end man. wait till the end Stay they're, tuned gonna be, in. they're gonna be chasing me with pitchforks and by they i mean the dirty diaper brigade <laughs> guys um you know sometimes we do these post shows right after the pay-per-view sometimes we do them the next day we've been leaning on the next day deal which is why justin joint is not with us he's at work right now but uh, we'll be we'll have Justin back on the on the program, of course, very, very soon. Uh, if you didn't hear our show, we did on Friday, Money in the Bank related. We looked back on the 10 year anniversary of CM Punk versus John Cena, Money in the Bank 2011. It's on the podcasting feeds. It's on our YouTube channel. Please check it out if you haven't. It was a very, very good show. Got some great feedback mm-hmm. on that one as well. That's got uh, I wanted to just say it's kind of funny. As I was, you know, seeing some of the comments on the show and, you know, you were putting it out there on social media, you know, do, doing such a great job as you always do. Uh, I'm thinking back to that show and some of the enthusiasm other people were talking about, it, obviously, because it was the 10 year anniversary. Getting WWE fans fired up only to inevitably let them down. I just like that that thought was like in my head and I'm like, I was kind of like snickering as I watched the show last night because the idea that I should give WWE booking the benefit of the doubt is like kind of laughable. Yes. (laughs) Although it seems that they have a matchup that if they can't do this one, right. It may be time to shut the promotion down. You're referring to what we saw at the end of the show. Yes. Okay. I mean, I I mean, if they can't do this one, right. (laughs) I don't know what to say. We will uh, we'll get to that here in just a second. Let's start off with our, our usual grade for the broadcast. So what we'd like to do, if you've never heard our pay-per-view post shows before, A through F scale, Kyle. What, and- what we like to do. That's a very interesting <laughs> way to put that. Hey, man, I like it. I'm a teacher. I like the old A through F scale. Okay. What, what, what do you give uh, Money in the Bank 2021? C plus, I guess. C plus. For Cena's return, I would have gone C without it. Uh, maybe even a C minus. I think it was a pretty standard WWE pay per view with a you know big kind of. Sh- I don't know if it was a shock ending. I mean, you knew Cena was coming back, right? I mean, it, they'd hit you over the head with it enough times. Um, you know, him actually showing up tonight might have been, a, or last night might have been a surprise. Um, that was good. They did do the one thing that could possibly intrigue me most about the promotion. We'll get to that with the men's money in the bank. Uh, but it also had a horrendous opener, like horrendous, yes. like maybe the worst ladder match I've ever seen in my life. So 
it was very average up until the end. I'll, I'll just notch it up a little bit for Cena. Yeah, I thought the last three matches were excellent. I thought the first half of the show was down a little bit as we'll get into that opening match. Uh, for me, I'll, I'm going to give this one a B plus. I'm a little bit more positive on it than you. I definitely had issues with it, as we will discuss. Uh, but overall, I think that uh, they put out a good show. We had some good moments. We had some excellent matches. It looks like our viewers. So usually I throw these polls up on our on our Twitter page right after mm-hmm. it goes off the air. I forgot to last night. So I just put it out this morning. So there's there's only 52 votes. Usually we have over 100. But out of 52 voters, 42% have given it an A right now. 34% a B. Uh, about 11% of C and about 11% of D and F. But overwhelmingly, uh, yeah, you're looking at, what, 76, 77% A or B. Um, so people are pretty positive on it. Obviously, the live crowd helps a little bit. You know, we saw SmackDown on Friday night, their first live crowd um, in Houston. I got to tell you, man, we were talking on our, our group text about this. I did not think that that was a great show. I know people were positive with the crowd and everything. But I thought match-wise, SmackDown, the go-home show to Money in the Bank, was very paint-by-numbers. It was, we've got Bianca Belair and Carmella wrestling again. How many times have we seen that match? Multiple times, even on pay-per-view in recent months. You're going to see it next week again, too. I thought that was a troll job when I saw that. Um, and you know, and then it was the this, this standard multi-man matches with people who are going to be wrestling at the pay-per-view. I did not think SmackDown was very good. A lot of fast forwarding for me when I watched that one on the DVR on uh, Friday morning or Saturday morning, but, uh, I, I liked money in the bank much, much better. Uh, the crowd was pretty into it by the end. There was times where they seemed kind of subdued. Um, but overall, no, no doubt about it to get out of that Thunderdome certainly helps. Right. Yeah. But you know, as has been said in many corners of the internet, a live crowd cannot cure all that ills WWE. Yes. Like, that's the thing. I mean, okay, yes, we all admit, you know, wrestling is better in front of a live crowd, right? That was like our big takeaway that we mm-hmm. talked about, like ad nauseum, yeah. um, when we were kind of putting a, a bow on the pandemic Thunderdome era. But, like, I'd like to see, you know, the, the usual booking issues kind of dissipate. I mean, a live crowd can't do that, right? I mean, like, I think I talked about on our uh, last Spotify Green Room show, you know, it's not like 2019 was a well-booked year and that had live crowds mm-hmm. for WWE. So we shall see. Like I said, they've got what's probably in their minds the biggest money match or the second biggest money match, I should say, they can possibly do. And you would expect it to take place at SummerSlam. So you would hope that goes well for them. Yeah. All right, so we're going to get into the results here. We're going to probably start at the top with John Cena's return. Before we do, do you want to do the usual housekeeping items, of course. Uh, make sure you're hitting subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you're watching the live video feed right now and you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel or you're not following us on Twitch, please do. It helps us out. Every single one of those uh, subscribers helps us get a little bit higher in the search rankings. And, of course, on the podcasting feeds, if you leave us the five-star rating or a written review, helps us out a lot as well. And uh, hey, our downloads have been doing very well in the last couple of weeks. So thank you to everybody who has been spreading the word. And I also want to thank our patrons. They're the people that really make this show go. They support us, what we what we are doing the best way possible. You see the names going across the bottom of the video feed right now. Um, special shout out to Taylor K over in Illinois, who recently this week signed up for the Patreon page. There's almost 40 bonus podcasts that you can listen to the minute you sign up for our Patreon page including a bonus show every single week. Uh, And we've got our monthly classics bonus show dropping here next week, covering WWF Invasion 2001. We've already recorded it. I got to mix it, but it was an excellent, excellent show. A good deep dive on 2001 Pro Wrestling. Sign up for the Patreon page. You can hear all of that bonus content. And like I said, it is the best way to support what we're doing here at Top Rope Nation. So Kyle, John Cena returns. We've known for a while he was most likely on his way back. Actually, I looked at our text thread to get the date on this. Um, someone told me way back in May that Cena Reigns was the match for SummerSlam. I texted you and Justin on May 28th that this mm. is the plan main event for SummerSlam. So we have known here for a while. Uh, it's come out in the last couple of weeks on the internet that that was the plans. Um, there was some disagreement on whether Cena was going to be able to get out of his uh, Hollywood filming schedule. 
but it looks like that's not even going to come close to affecting. Uh, I read that his next filming project is weeks after SummerSlam. Uh, so there was no issue there at all. Cena got a massive pop when he, he came did. out at the end of that main event. I mean, a Stone Cold, The Rock level reaction, all positive too. You didn't get the usual, yeah. uh, you didn't get the usual boo birds for John Cena. I saw the video after they went off the air, which that was surprising to me. By the way, they didn't have him talk on air. One of the great Mike men in the history of the sport. Uh, but he did talk to the live crowd afterwards, and he joked about how he's used to getting some negative reactions, but everyone was was very very positive on him um now preceding his return let's, let's talk about the match and get up to the return um okay what did you think of roman reigns and edge it was a very long match <laughs> but not as long as i'd feared so this is what's interesting um you watched live i yep. watched uh, on delay so i'm looking at the runtime for the show and right off the rip i saw 3 30 i was like "Woo, this went a little longer than i was hoping for i'm going to be under the gun to be done for recording time and then I saw how much time was left for just the one match. And I texted you. I'm like, dude, don't tell me this match goes like 50 minutes. <laughs> and it did. It went like, what, 33? 33, 34 minutes. Something like okay. That, yeah. So, yeah, the runtime is a lie. In, in case if anyone hasn't seen the show, it does not go 331, um, even with the post-match antics. Uh, yeah, it was long. I'll say that. And I think the match suffered from the fact that I did not buy Edge as having any chance of winning this match. We talked about this. Oh, how many weeks ago was this on the flagship, Ryan? When we talked about the issues with booking going, was it two weeks ago? Uh, two weeks ago, I believe. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, both contenders for the men's world title match of the show, just 0.0% chance uh, that yeah. they were going to, either of them would walk out with the title. So, yeah, they went long. Um, and. It, it started okay. The crowd was into it. Um, I, and, you know, going back to the build and me not thinking Edge had a chance of winning, I, I think the problem was this build only made sense if you completely ignore the fact Edge was pinned along with another person, Daniel Bryan, at the same time by Reigns at Mania in a mm -hmm. triple threat match, which, in case if you have not heard from WWE announcers, the champion is at a disadvantage. So it was kind of like, I was never into this feud, especially I know a few things too. It, it, I, I'm laughing how they did this match now after three months ago saying, this, well, this can't go on last at Mania. Right. So I guess, I mean, it just kind of tells you, well, we'll give it to Edge anyway, but, you know, they didn't want it to be the Mania match. I saw some people saying that uh, in during the show, some people were getting convinced that maybe Edge was going to win. I never thought that. Uh, no. even, even knowing Reigns was going to wrestle Cena, I guess maybe the thought process was a Reigns-Cena match didn't need the title to be huge. But you can't beat Roman Reigns here. I mean, with John Cena coming back. It just... They could do it without the title, but it's, it's definitely bigger. John Cena is, what, one title win away from the record? Yep. So... So, I mean, that plays into it, too. I, I never thought Edge would win. I thought that the match was very slow for, like, the first 10 to 15 minutes. It was a very old-school feeling match. Now, I did tweet out during the entrances about, like, the emotion the guys were conveying. I thought Edge's entrance, which, by the way, got a huge pop. Good to see Edge, you know, getting in front of the live crowd again after being away for nine years and then mostly wrestling in front of nobody, you know. Um, so that he got a great reaction. That was nice there in Fort Worth. And then he went over to the corner and you could tell he was like trying to hype himself up for the match. I thought that, like the little things like that veteran stuff. Of course, Roman's always great uh, with this new persona, the way he was coming out and selling the big time feel of the match. And uh, but yeah, once it got going very, very slow, <laughs> um, I thought the last 10 minutes were excellent. But yeah, I mean, I, it, the result was never in doubt. They did a good job getting a hold of the people right at the start, milking the reactions. This match did have, you know, a main event feel to it mm -hmm. at the start. But, and, you know, I actually liked the feeling out process. But, yeah, as we both said, it just got so slow. And WWE matches, Ryan, I'd love to hear your response to this. It'd be awkward if you just no-sold it, so I'm looking forward to the response. <laughs> I'm just um, going to get up and walk out. Yeah, I feel like all WWE matches are one of two things. They're never paced well. Either it's like this where it's too slow, or it's like the ladder matches that we saw 
where it's just spot, 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 and nothing really matters or you don't remember anything. Yeah, that's the biggest thing I noticed, the difference between WWE and AEW, to be honest with you. Um, mostly WWE matches feel too slow to me most of the time. And mm-hmm. that's the way they train people to work at the Performance Center. And you see everyone work in that same style. Uh, there's just more variety in AEW. Um, but you do like you do you do have the car crash style matches in Money in the Bank when it's time for that gimmick match, you know. But even those, even though a lot is happening uh, with the big spots, not None a lot is happening because I mean, like so many people are just laying on the outside for minute after minute after minute, and especially like it was very noticeable in the women's one, yeah. which we'll get to here in just a couple of minutes, where there was a couple of women in the ring, and oh gee, where'd that other? woman go i haven't seen her in five minutes and everyone's just laying around the outside so it's even though they have the big spots like it doesn't feel as exciting to me it's like seven people cycling through moves yeah essentially it's like move 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 like there's constantly moves but it's you know because it's there's seven people in the match so yeah that was that stood out to me i don't like the way wwe matches are paced quite frankly uh by the way all the people who complain about run-ins in AEW, you brought up those three letters, Ryan, so I'm going to jump all on that. I'm assuming they're going to complain about this match with all the interference, or no, we don't do that. I would assume so, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm sure I'm sure all the WWE fans who, who you know, poke holes at AEW for all the interference, I'm, I'm sure that, that they, you know, are going to criticize this match for having all the interference as well. Uh, I was very scared when Seth Rollins came out and there was still 19 <laughs> minutes of runtime. I said, my God, they're going 19 minutes after interference. Uh, they didn't. Again, the, the runtime on the show on Peacock yeah. uh, is incorrect. They left a bunch of dead air on the end of the uh, streaming file. You know, very surprising Peacock would have any technical issues. The cock's got some issues, doesn't it? Um, people think, yeah, people think Adam or Adam Cole, Michael Cole and Pat McAfee are good. Um, <laughs> I think Pat McAfee for a for a newcomer, he does bring a different level of excitement. Like he feels he feels different from their typical announcers. He is allowed to be himself, which a lot of these people are not. I'm not going to say that he doesn't get on my nerves a little bit sometimes, but I don't think he's too bad. Michael Cole, he's been around forever. He seemed to be doing his best Joey Styles imitation when John Cena came up oh my god it's john cena got a little over the top there but uh it's all right man i'm i mean i don't think it's horrible i i don't know wwe announced by the way i've got another fun little tidbit with WWE announcing you (laughs) i put this tweet in our notes i couldn't believe this when i read this if you want to click on the tweet that i put in our notes i mean i swear to god i did not make that up that is not like the onion.com let me see here. I'm clicking on it right now. Yeah. Okay. You want to read that? This will make for fun. I just want to see your reaction. Um, Byron Saxton says Corey Graves is quote right up there with Bobby Heenan and Jesse Ventura as far as great commentators go. <laughs> <laughs> My God, Byron, Byron, no. My give me some. God. No. Give me give me some of those edibles, buddy. Ooh. <laughs> I don't oh, know. I'm that is a god awful take. Yeah, I, that's that, that's not no good. No offense, Corey Graves, but I mean, those are two of the greatest color guys of all time. That's just yeah. horrendous. Um, speaking of poor commentary, Michael Cole, and I'm sure maybe he was directed to say this, Edge apparently invented the Money in the Bank gimmick now. Oh, instead of Chris Jericho. <laughs> yeah, <right>? yeah. <laughs> Edge Chris was Jericho the inventive. Chris Jericho, wasn't it Jericho, Vince, and uh, Ryan Gewertz kind of came yes. up with the idea? Those three? Yeah. 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 Jericho talks about it all the time. You know, that mm-hmm. reminds me of when... Uh, yeah, Jerry Lawler was like, did Sean invent the ladder match? And like, I like, I remember they were talking about, it. I just imagined like Bret Hart, like throwing things at home. If he was listening. But like, um, I'll say something positive uh, about this match. I really enjoyed Reigns counter of the spear with the guillotine. I thought that was good. Crowd mm-hmm. liked it. But again, yep. never bought edge having a chance of winning. That ref bump was real long. And we had a lot of run-ins. Uh, Rollins ran in twice. Um, you know, so it's a long match that ends with, the, you know, a run and finish, you know, especially it was just like a distraction spear over. Eh, we didn't need to go that long. We could have cut 10 minutes out of this match pretty easily. And um, but that's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem with this match was how the WrestleMania match ended and that we were, you know, that no one thought Edge was going to win. Yeah. Basically, what happened at the finish was uh, 
the the referee got knocked out. Roman went to the outside, got a piece of a chair, you know, to give Edge the same deal, like through his mouth, choking him out, like Edge has been doing to the Usos and Roman in recent weeks. Uh, but then the Usos came out to uh, interfere. Uh, did I get that order right? Let's see. Yeah, so Reigns tried to use the chair, uh, but Edge re- reversed it, got it on Reigns. Then the Usos came out. Um, then we got Rey Mysterio and Dominic coming out to attack the Usos. And then it was at this point that Seth Rollins came out, running through the crowd, and kicked Edge in the back. Now, they played into this deal where you know Seth lost the money in the bank match, but he screamed backstage that he was taking a title shot next anyways, and he was jumping to the front of the line this doesn't make any sense. Why would Seth Rollins want to face Roman Reigns? The guy who has been unbeatable for a year. Apparently he wanted to help Roman Reigns win so that he could face Roman Reigns. Uh, It didn't make sense because what they're actually setting up is Rollins and edge, which is clearly going to be a SummerSlam match. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, this this is where all the interference came in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And who that Rollins edge post-match brawl was real underwhelming. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> like real, like it was. It had that energy. Yeah, we've just got to punch each other a few times to get off screen, so John can show up and make his big return. <laughs> had yeah. those vibes to it. Yeah, Roman ended up winning with the spear. Roman got on the mic, talked about how everyone could acknowledge him at this point in time, and then boom, John Cena's theme song comes out. Everyone goes ape shit. Nice moment. He gets in the ring, does the "You can't see me" in, in Roman's face. I thought Roman was awesome here. I mean, he kept. Basically the same expression on his face the entire time, just staring at Cena like, you kidding me, dude? What are you doing? You know, I, I Roman was good here. Yeah, the reaction when the music hit was mm-hmm. very good. And, you know, that mm-hmm. moment was real good. Keyword moment. And this is where we need to have a conversation, okay, about the WWE. I have seen these moments over and over and over again for the last 20 years. And the shiny new toy never lasts. People get sick of it because of bad booking. Um, I think there is a hilarious irony to John Cena in 2021 being the shiny new toy <laughs> for the promotion, right? Like, he did. He got a massive reaction. Yeah. But Triple H got a massive reaction when he returned January 2002 as a babyface. How'd that title run work out? Mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan got a massive reaction at WrestleMania that year. How'd his title run work out? And so on. I mean, you just go, and you know, people were like acting like this was, you know, like an unprecedented moment in the history of sports entertainment. Okay, I'll give you a more modern example. What about Seth Rollins when he returned? Uh, what was that? In It was in Chicago. I know, it was like at a payback after Roman yeah, beat yeah. AJ. Remember? Yep. From mm-hmm. his injury? Yep. That reaction was on par with what we saw last night. Mm-hmm. And that didn't go anywhere. So, Look, these are, you know, other than Roman Rock, which I think we all assume is the planned direction for WrestleMania, this is the biggest match WWE has or Mm -hmm. thinks they have. And we'll see. If they can't build this one up, then the machine might need (laughs) an oil change or something like that. But um, I I just, you know, like for me, it's like so hard to like just like start losing my mind over this. When I've seen this shiny new toy thing for 20 freaking years and the, the momentum never lasts in this promotion. Never. It'll be interesting to see how much John is used on television. I, you don't want to overexpose him, but I, I know that they want to get him on TV a lot to pop some ratings. Mm-hmm. He's going to be on Raw tonight. He's going to lead off the broadcast. So he attacks SmackDown's Roman Reigns, but he's appearing on Raw tonight <laughs> <laughs> to explain his intentions, which, you know, it's their first Raw with a live crowd now uh, in a year and a half. They want to get a big number. I'm sure they will with the John Cena involvement mm-hmm. right at the top of the show. So that will work. Uh, and then we'll see. We'll be off to the races for SummerSlam, and we'll see how they do this build. But, uh, yeah, I say long-term, and I'm talking about just a few weeks. Uh, yeah. This long-term booking for WWE has not been great this year or last year or the year before that. So hopefully they can extend <laughs> this out and keep the hype going by the time we get to Vegas and SummerSlam. Or this century. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you said something that was very eye-opening. Eh, you want to be careful about how much you put John on TV. I mean, that tells you all you need to know yeah. about WWE television. Well, you so, want that special factor around him every time he's on TV. You don't want him working yes. every single smack. Now, he, apparently, he's still a free agent in the WWE world, so he could go back and forth between Raw and SmackDown. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he'll work some television matches between now and SummerSlam. 
don't have them working every week, though. It's so funny. You know, we talk about this silly brand split, which is, you know, it just makes it so hard for me to get WWE into, into WWE. You yeah. know, there's so many, like, big picture things that irk me at WWE. This brand split has always been one of them. And it, it's just like, well, Cena's a big star, so who get, he, the rules don't apply to him. <laughs> you know, I, I, mean, I guess he has whatever. a free agent. I mean, you know, whatever the last draft was, I'm sure he wasn't taken. I don't know. What show was he even on last when he was a regular person? It probably was SmackDown, actually, right? I think it's been so long. I can't remember. I mean, well, I don't know about him and the undertaker when they did that thing in the build for new Orleans. I think that was on both shows or they yeah. didn't really include him in the brands. But regardless, like I said, this is a big match. Um, Cena got the big reaction. Let's see what they can do for summer. stuff. It, at the end of the day though, this is John Cena, a, a star from the past returning to essentially put over Roman Reigns. Right. Yes. Yeah. So they're, this was not the thing that excited me the most on this show at all. All right. Um, and I, I think I'm trying to transition to yeah. like, you know, the men's money in the bank because to me, the result of that is the most exciting thing on this show because it has the potential for a new star. Mm-hmm. This one, yeah, we can jump. We can go kind of in reverse and talk about this one. Uh, okay. So, yeah, the men's money in the bank, this was the one where all of the issues started with Peacock. So I actually... I need to rewatch this because I feel like I missed half the match. You know, what I saw was awesome. Ricochet, some pretty eye-popping spots throughout. Uh, Kevin Owens taking that power bomb to the outside of the ladder. That was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the entrances for this match took forever. And pretty much the entire time the entrances were going in the early few minutes of the match, Peacock was was cutting out. And they had had some issues throughout the entire broadcast. There was some random pixelation. There was screen tearing, which is where there's like, horizontal lines just randomly going through the screen uh and that was happening all night long uh, i watched it on amazon fire stick i watched it on roku and i was having that pixelation on both of them on a stable fast internet connection and then this is where it just all went to hell and it was unwatchable and everyone was having the issue in the united states only because we have this peacock thing the apparently internationally the wwe network was perfect peacock not so much and people were very angry and rightfully so, WWE easily, you know, they could have paused and killed some time and waited for things to stabilize before they started the match. They did not do that. People were up in arms. And like I said, understandably so, I was as well. Uh, but eventually we got to the match. I'm going to I'm gonna have to rewatch this, Kyle, because I didn't have time this morning. I, in fact, I've had a pretty busy morning. I didn't even talk about that at the top. But oh. got, got a haircut this morning on the way home from my haircut, Kyle. Some, I picked up a uh, bottle of Blanton's. Bottle suit. Got got some Blantons today already this morning. I may have to follow suit there as well. <laughs> and oh, by the way, I don't even think I've mentioned this on air. My wife is uh, 38 weeks pregnant, so she literally could go into labor while we're on the air today. I don't know. So we're getting close, man. So it's been hectic around here. But I got to rewatch this match. <laughs> Give me the wrap it up sign if that happens, by the way. Yes. Feel free to. Like, I'm um, running out of here. You finish. I get the hit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, just for anyone who has not watched a show yet. Uh, there are no technical issues with the replay. I watched yeah, it. Good. So, um, how long did that last? This match was. Oh, no, no. How long long did the tech- it- oh God, yeah. it was it was like twenty minutes at least. I saw, it was I, real bad. I saw they had outsourced Dave Meltzer as the uh, technical <laughs> advisor to Twitter, as he was telling everyone just sign out and sign back in. I mean, you know, Dave doing uh, WWE sound. Who would have known that? <laughs> um, as far as stopping the show, there was a tweet about my God because Meltzer's like, oh, any other promotion would just pause the show, and somebody tweeted at Meltzer. They didn't pause the show, and a guy fell from the roof and died you think oh, they're gonna no. pause for technical issues oh no. so yeah yeah um yeah i mean the, the show must go on um and it, it was this was okay it was way, obviously way better than the women's money in the bank way oh, better yeah. um th- there were some cool spots most of them from ricochet uh especially that one where he walked across the ropes got onto the ladder was shoved off and then, you know, did the springboard into the, you know, Topeko Nero um, mm-hmm. onto everybody. That was really cool. Um, Drew McIntyre, we should probably talk about him. Got some booze earlier in the show during his promo. Um, the yes, backstage the story promo. time thing. Yeah, yeah <laughs> as people are not liking the st- story time, Drew. Yeah. Um, but I like Drew McIntyre still. Like, all his shit looks good in the ring. And... Not sure how I feel about a Jinder Mahal feud for him at this point. I don't, if that's what they're counting on to heat him back up, 
Not. He's wanted, I mean, he's wanted to work with Jinder now for over a year. I mean, he wanted to do the, the title program with Jinder. Be back careful last what summer. you wish for. Yeah, it's not going to be as easy for him here with Jinder. I hey man, I don't I don't mind Jinder. I've said it on the program many times. I actually kind of liked his title run back in the day because it was actually a change of pace. Um, <laughs> but you're not going to get the greatest matches out of him. And Drew almost always has good matches. This is going to be a little tougher. Yeah, and it, it you know it's funny we're going to talk about Kofi in a little bit. Jinder is like the heel version of Kofi. Uh, what year was that? 2017 that Jinder was the champion? I feel I yes. ask this question a lot. Yeah, yeah, Dude, 20, okay. yeah, that's right. Okay, well, if you were in a coma in 2017 and missed Jinder's run, like you would have no idea he was ever world champion. Because mm. he it's just like Kofi, right? He won the world title kind of out of nowhere yeah. and then immediately went back to where he was on the card, like a lower mid-card guy. So I don't know about that feud. Um, I also don't know about the fans chanting Johnny Drip Drip. Do I Do I maybe not just like WWE fans? Maybe we're just too old for it. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Uh, why were not great. Morrison and Rollins having this odd debate at the start of that? You may not have seen this because the technical is so like the match started and they went to, they were just setting up for a spot up, you know, moves to the outside, dives to the outside of the floor. And Morrison and Rollins were just like arguing randomly in the middle of the match. Like just like having a debate, like Rollins was like saying something about twenty years or something. It was it was the oddest thing, and it was just they were just standing there so they could be dived on uh, or dove on. Pardon my grammar there. Debating who has the better suits. I guess that's what it was. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you, you know, you mentioned the Owens spot that was good, uh, but Biggie winning this match. Uh, this is what I want to talk about. Is the mm-hmm. most interesting thing WWE could do right now. Uh, by the way, I want somebody to confirm this for me. Did Jim Cornette on his podcast really say he would keep Bobby Fish but not Big E when going through the WWE roster? It's a horrendous take, if so. I mean, oh, come on, man. I mean, hey, stick to history, Jim. <laughs> Bobby Fish over Big E? That's horrible. What are you, freaking nuts? Uh, now that Big E's got the briefcase, we're all excited about that. He mm-hmm. needs to call his shot and win a scheduled big time match not some surprise bullshit you know i saw uh garrett kidney on twitter had this like pretty good thread talking about how when a person wins their first title in that surprise fashion it's kind of cheapens the championship yeah i agree yeah, so- i mean that's why it's worked well for heels but not not a baby face like Big E. I, I I agree. We want the scheduled match. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, he should do it at like WrestleMania or something. You mm-hmm. know, like it'd be great if he came out on SmackDown next week and said, uh, I'll tell you what I'm cashing this in. WrestleMania, whoever's the champion. And that puts more onus on the Rumble winner because you only got, you know, you have to win the Rumble then to get the other title match. Mm-hmm. But with Rock in the mix, I don't know how that works. So, uh yeah, we mentioned it earlier, these multi-person ladder matches with seven people just trading video game spots. They're hard to get into. I am. Th- this is a kind of match that I was just probably lower on than almost everybody watching. I thought it was good, I guess, but it, it certainly was not great. There was some discussion this weekend about this match on social media about who should win. Um, you know, people not on, not knowing how the live crowd would respond to each person. I thought it was pretty obvious that Big E would get a great pop. and. And we talked about on the show, what, two weeks ago, Big E was the obvious choice to win the men's match. I thought I thought it was a little, it's a lot harder, and we'll talk about it on who should win the women's match, but I thought this was the obvious home run, and I'm glad that they picked the obvious choice in Big E, and I hope they give him a chance to become the main event level star that he should be. He has shown everything he needs to, uh, everything that he needs to show to prove to WWE that he is main event caliber. He's a good worker. He's got the personality. He's great on the mic. He's got the size. The crowd loves him. Let this guy fly, man. This guy should be a main eventer moving forward from this moment in time. Better than Bobby Fish. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Better, better political takes than Bobby Fish, too. Oh, what? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what? I'm sorry. That, <laughs> I think my, my stream went out. Um, You know, <laughs> Biggie is what Money in the Bank was intended for, right? Like an ascendant guy, yeah. and let's get him into the main event mix. Uh, you know, I know it was pitched last fall for him to win the Royal Rumble. Yeah, and 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 Vince, whatever, kind of soured on it, gave him the Intercontinental, and then he just wrestled Apollo Cruz a bunch of times. So let's see if I mean, when you've got the briefcase, you kind of have to go for it. 
you know, you have to go with him. So um, as far as him being the obvious winner, Ryan, yeah, we all kind of agreed. He was the guy we knew would get a positive reaction for the crowd. Drew was iffy. They took mm-hmm. him out of the match with gender interference. Everyone else just kind of feels like they're going to be running in place in the mid card. And mm-hmm. I just didn't buy anyone at the top. Like, you know, it's funny with WWE. Ricochet has this really nice performance in this match, right? Cool spots. Yeah. And this goes back to not having faith in WWE booking. If you see an individual performance like what Ricochet turned in this match, you'd like to think, all right, he'll get a little bit of a push coming out of that, even though he didn't win. Well, folks, I've been around the block <laughs> once or twice. I remember 15 years ago when Shelton Benjamin, who hadn't been typecast as a lower mid-card guy, would have performances like this, and they didn't do jack shit with him. So I'm not yeah. holding my breath on Ricochet, and people could say, oh, your beats to Debbie Down or Negative Nancy. Folks, I've watched the product a long time. Yeah. Um, we had in the in the chat here, Michael Jenkinson, patron of the show. Michael, thank you as always for your support. Uh, checked in and said, does he cash in at SummerSlam to avenge Kofi's embarrassment? embarrassment? And this is something that Justin and I were texting about as well. Uh, because Kofi got you know absolutely destroyed in his match with Bobby <laughs> Lashley. So they could play into that, that Big E wants revenge. I don't know if it makes sense to do it sooner rather than later. Uh, I don't see them adding him to that SummerSlam match. Uh, I w- I'm not going to say that I would hate it because I'm not high at all on watching Bobby Lashley wrestle William Goldberg. In fact, I'm also not high on having, and I thought this watching it last night, Kofi Kingston, a guy who's been world champion that the crowd loves serving as the setup guy for a 54-year-old Bill Goldberg. I mean, it makes sense because they want Lashley to look indestructible. Yes. I would have rather had Kofi in this spot if he was facing Brock. For 54-year-old oh. Bill Goldberg, I mean, there's other oh, guys okay. they could have put oh, in there. You mean if Lashley was going on to face Brock rather yes, than Goldberg? Yes, well, yes, Look, man, like, I mean, okay, Jim Valley, I don't know him personally, seems like a great guy. Everybody roots for him. Uh, he had a great tweet when this story first broke about Goldberg. And it's kind of sums where I'm at. I like, you know, I don't mind Goldberg. Does a good job of staying in shape for his age, but it's so repetitive. And it really speaks volumes that who are the two contenders going to be uh, for the men's title matches at SummerSlam? Bill Goldberg and John Cena. Yeah. You've had from, from WrestleMania to SummerSlam, you didn't build up one new person to try to challenge for these titles. Um, David checking in. Biggie's dream match has been Goldberg, so this makes sense if they do Goldberg Lashley in Vegas. Other scenario would be avenging Kofi's beating. Yeah, I, I don't. Um, I don't know. I, mean, go, I certainly wouldn't have Goldberg beat Lashley. Oh God, no. I mean, so I, hope not. I mean that's the thing. It's rep- I mean, and this is probably the last match on Bill's deal, right? I think they said earlier in the year that he had two. He was going to wrestle two matches this year, and he already did the one against Drew. Mm-hmm. By the way. Um, we were joking on Facebook to catch up on Monday Night Raw's booking in 2021. Um, they booked Drew into the ground, their top baby face. So now at SummerSlam, they've got to go back to the guy that Drew beat at the Royal Rumble. The challenge <laughs> for the title. That's that's your Raw baby face side, everybody. Um, so, yeah, I, I am not. I mean, look, I'm a Goldberg defender, I guess, compared to you and Justin. But I, it, this is not a match I can necessarily get behind. Uh, I mean, but, but you would agree the whole point of the destruction of Kofi was to set up this match with Goldberg to yes. make Lashley look e- even stronger. But the crowd, I mean, Kofi Kingston got one of the top reactions he did. all night. And it just like, it's so frustrating that this guy had that world title run. They've never followed up on it. He's a guy the crowd wants to push towards the top. Um, they did not like him getting destroyed in this fashion. Got to say Kofi too, by the way, that new entrance with the Super Mario thing. That was pretty sweet. Um, but, I mean, he is, yeah, he he's a guy that should be a main event player, and it sucks that they put him in this match only to get destroyed like that. I, I get the logic behind it. I just wish it would have been somebody else. Like I've said on this program before, Kofi Kingston is only a former WWE champion when they want him to be, when it's convenient to mention it. they mm-hmm. Other than his actual run, he's never been booked uh, like a true main event guy. I mean, for God's sake, he was pinned with one foot at WrestleMania. <laughs> Yeah. And we were supposed to, you know, again, these people think, oh, you can just heat these people up. Get the fuck out of here with that <laughs> shit. Fucking heat people up like that. Yeah, it doesn't work. Does not. It has not been working for this promotion, I should say. Um, all right, should we hit the rest of this show? Uh, if, actually- I mean, I think we actually did 
Lashley and Kingston pretty good. I mean, I didn't have yeah, very much. Yeah, I mean, we're good on that. You're right. There's kind of a real good cop, bad cop to the match. It was great for Bobby Lashley. It was not great for Kingston. But kids, like making this match less one-sided would actually, I could see from their perspective why that would be, um, you know, not as good. Because they're not going to push Kingston after this match. If you're not going to push him anyway, I guess just squash him. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to be odd when they decide to randomly push him six months from now again. And that's going to be head scratching. But, you know, I mean, the old school and you says, well, if you're not going to push the guy, squash him. Let's transition to the women's match. And speaking of women, Michael checked in and well, congrats to my wife. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate that. Want to include that on the show. Let's talk about some other women. And that is Charlotte challenging uh, Rhea Ripley. Now, we thought perhaps we'd get a Becky Lynch appearance and it seemed like this would have been the time to do it um, because Charlotte Becky makes sense. I thought I thought heading in, I picked Charlotte to win the title because I thought they'd do a face-off with Becky afterwards. They might still do it here in the weeks ahead. I don't know what the plans are. Becky was trolling everybody on social media as she often does, you know, that she was there in Fort Worth. Wasn't on the show, but we did get what I thought was a really awesome match between these two. Um, no, Kyle? I, I I thought this was a great match. I thought Charlotte was very good. Charlotte was, uh, what'd you think of her flipping off the crowd? Like early on, the crowd was chanting for Becky and she turned and flipped off the crowd and they like blacked out the screen, but yeah. then it came back and she was still flipping them off. So they didn't time that very I well. Mean, uh, flipping off the crowd is cooler than Rhea Ripley going, boo-boo, whatever that. No, that's true. That's not great. <laughs> but they had, I had a really good match. Charlotte was working great as always. Um, they just seem to have really good chemistry and it, and it felt like they were, they were going out there trying to like, because they knew the crowd wanted Becky and it was like, they were trying to prove a point that they could do this without her and get them invested. And Charlotte, I mean, she, she hit the, uh, you know, the moonsault to the outside, which doesn't always look like it <laughs> connects very well. This one looks pretty good. I thought, um, I mean, I thought it was a pretty top level match, man. I was just not that into it at all. And I'll tell you why it, Goes back to booking. I think the build for this match was all time bad. Like that's awful. true. The yeah. video package just like totally belied it. Like I'm watching this I'm, and I'm like, who am I supposed to cheer for in this match? These are two just unlikable personalities to the bone. I think mm-hmm. we talked about it when we reviewed the last pay per view. So it's hard for me to get into it from the very start. Um, you know, and then there was the We Want Becky stuff. I thought this match started slow. It did get hot by the finish, but it was over overly reliant on kickouts and near falls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the most interesting takeaway from this match has nothing to do with Becky at all. The most interesting thing coming out of this match is the lack of discourse or outrage about Rhea losing. Do we just not care about her anymore? Um, and I'll be blunt watching this match. Does she have it? I We've talked about in the past that compared to the new SmackDown champion, um, that was crowned at WrestleMania. Bianca Belair, she's been inferior in every way. Since she hasn't been booked as well. <laughs> she she <laughs> so has been atrocious. Well, you know, if, have you seen any of these uh, media, inter- seen or heard, whatever, these media interviews she's given? Like, there's been some kind of eye-opening quotes, like, still trying to find my feet on the main roster. And, you know, talking about some, like, you know, psychological issues that she, she may be having. And we always root for people that are going through that. I mean, anyone can identify with that. But I don't know, man. Like, the, the, everyone was saying, oh, this is going to be, like, this next great female star. Dude, she is just inferior to Bianca Belair on the other show. And, yes, some of that is booking. But when I just watch how they carry themselves, respectively, I, I just don't think Rhea's as good as Bianca Belair. So, yeah, Rhea definitely defers to the bigger stars. It makes me think of what you said on the, the CM Punk episode we just did on Friday, okay. where you talked about how... The thing about Punk that was so good is he talked about being better than John Cena and he talked about being better than The Rock and he really believed he was better than those people, which made him a better character. And although maybe you don't see it on television as much, uh, maybe it plays into her psyche a little bit because you're right when she does the media interviews, which, by the way, I've interviewed Rhea Ripley. She was very fun to talk to, um, but she does kind of she seems like a little bit more naive than everyone else. Like she's trying to make her way. These people are big stars. She's happy to be in the ring with them when she should feel that she's the big star. And she was at the top of her game 
what now, almost two years ago, that final run in NXT. And since then, since the Charlotte lost at WrestleMania last year, it's really, you know, the booking has been terrible, as Greg said in the chat. Yeah, I mean, going back to that, ironically, another clean loss to Charlotte. I- I'm shocked, honestly, that there was not people just like losing their minds about Charlotte winning clean with the figure eight again. I mean, I think people I- expected Charlotte Becky. And okay. because they want to see Becky so bad, I think that that's playing into that reaction okay. a little bit. Okay, like good. I said, I picked Charlotte because I figured Becky was going to come in and they do a big face off. Um, you know, some people said, oh, you can't do Becky on in return on the show because they're going to do John Cena. I disagree. You can do two big returns on a show. It makes the show that much bigger. But, you know, mm. they're, they're saving it for television, I guess. You know, Raw is not my favorite program to watch. So I hope it's not a surprise on Raw because I probably won't be watching live, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, what do you do with Rhea Ripley, though, then? If I don't know, Charlotte's man. going to back, I mean, what do you do with her? Do you just rehab her? I mean, I, and put her back in the title mix against whoever comes out as the champion between Becky and Charlotte. She still hasn't beaten Charlotte mm-hmm. after all this time. I know Triple H said there was a story involved. It's uh, one of the longer running stories WWE's ever done. I guess if he's eventually going, if she's eventually going to win. So Ryan mentioned in the chat in the finish, which I agree with this because we lambasted him on the finish where they did the the announcer's table shrapnel thing where there was the DQ Ripley oh, picked up. Oh, yes. And then that was a DQ. You couldn't have that. But here in this match, uh, Charlotte puts Ripley's leg between on the outside and between the ring post and the stairs, kicks the stairs into her leg to weaken her, gets her back in the ring, figure eight, and that was the finish. Yeah, logically, it makes no sense. <laughs> the announce table thing was a DQ, and that was allowed to go. That's a good point there. Who is this? Ryan Stentifer? Am I getting yes. that name correctly? Good yep. for you. That's good attention to detail. I appreciate that analysis. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, we everybody, not just this show, uh, said that that booking was weak at the last pay-per-view, that DQ. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it uh, really becomes even stupider when you do something like that. So, I mean, I agree with you on the build, and we've been we talking about this for a while on the podcast. Definitely like, the booking of Rhea Ripley, but as a as a match itself, I thought it was a solid match. Other I than just, the finish, logically, there was yeah. issues. It's that, just yeah. hard. Like, I, I just, I don't like either person. I just, I told you at the last preview, like, if WWE, if all things were right and people were booked well, I still don't think I would like either of these two as much as I'm supposed to. Mm-hmm. I just I'm not as high on either of these two as the wrestling world seems to be. All right, let's move into we've got a couple more matches to discuss. I guess we're, we can just keep working our way backwards here. <laughs> That'll make the it. end of the show very interesting. Um, I don't really have a lot to say on this AJ Styles and Omos defeating the Viking Raiders match. I mean, it was a decent match. Uh, the crowd definitely wants to cheer AJ. <laughs> so having them booked as heels doesn't really work. Um, you know, they don't, I don't think the crowd really cares about the Viking Raiders either. Uh, almost he's learning. He's a spectacle. You know, he did the things that he needed to do. Um, this probably would have been better served on the kickoff show and bump the Usos and Mysterio and Dominic up onto the main show because that was a much better tag title match. That was an excellent, excellent match on the pre-show. Um, of course, people had issues with the Usos winning the title because of what had happened recently with Jimmy. But and I, you know, I agree with that. I want, I think Jimmy needs an intervention. Dude, um, and they like mentioned it. Did you hear that promo during the show where Roman's like, oh, and you? And like the crowd kind of grumbled, like they kind of yeah, went there. Know. I was shocked. They're they letting, they're letting create, they're letting creative dictate what's going on here because obviously they're doing the bloodline thing. They want all the gold. They want the Usos to win. And it was kind of predictable going in the Usos were going to win. I think I understand why people have issues with it though, because it yeah. seems to reinforce you know, the bad behavior out of, of Jimmy Uso in recent yeah. weeks. Well, and we talked about as soon as both of them were back. I think we all said, well, the next logical step for the Usos is to beat the Mysterios for the tag yeah. title. I'll tell you what, the live crowd didn't seem to care. You know, remember we were doing the Spotify Green Room show and we were wondering what the live crowd reaction would be to Jimmy. Yeah. They kind of popped when they won. Yeah. So, I mean... That, you didn't yeah, have any was, negative chance about yeah. the DUI or anything I, like that. Yeah, I agree that that... Well, actually, I didn't see it, but I'm going to take your word for it. And I saw a lot of other people saying it was a, a pretty darn good kickoff show match. Mm-hmm. So I'll just accept everyone's um, take on that because I, I don't know. I don't think they put the pre-show matches up on Peacock, do they? So I may never get to see this one. Yeah, you can watch on the YouTube channel. Okay, I okay. All right, yeah. well, I'll, I'll do that when I find time. Um, but I think the positioning of the two tag matches, one on the pre-show... And the you know age uh, the other one getting on the main show was they wanted to do that promo on the show so the Usos had to win it 
the titles on the pre-show, I guess is what they're going to say. I, I'm not saying you're wrong um, that the inferior match made it on the main show. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, as far as uh, the Raw tag tie match goes, you know, it's the second time they've worked in front of a live crowd and the second time they've been cheered as heels, right? Yeah. They were cheered against the New Day. And yeah. I think some of that is this, you know, almost he's, there's a novelty with him since he's new and he doesn't work often, right? Shiny new toy. There's that term again. Um, he's green as grass. Mm-hmm. We know that. Uh, mm-hmm. So they've got to keep him real limited. But again, by being limited, people feel when he's in the ring, it's kind of something special. I'm yes. sort of fishing here. So um, they obviously had to win the Viking Raiders. I just, yeah, I don't know what you do with them. And I don't know if the WWE, quite frankly, cares. Uh, I was in tears that they called back to those segments with the Street Profits last year to try to hype this match up. They did a lot of kind of historical callbacks during this show. Like when Which Charlotte is was coming out, they showed the little clips of her previous title wins. That was That's a, that's a nice touch. I got to give them credit on that. Yeah. Uh, Nash uh, in the Kevin Nash, that is uh, in the interview with Austin said, uh, quote, he had been working with the quote, big guy with AJ. I don't know what that entailed. I don't know if he taught him never to do a job or what, but uh, we shall see. (laughs) There was a picture of those two together. So, you know, Nash was smiling. Yeah. Heard Kevin was hitting the sauce pretty hard during the Broken Skull session, so I'm looking forward to watching that. I watch that yet too. Yeah, I did see that they finally added that to uh, to Peacock, but the Lex Icons is still not up. The Lex Express still in the garage. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's finish up, Kyle. Women's Money in the Bank <laughs> ladder match. Here, here we go. Now this was the opening match of the pay per view proper. Um, which oh man, all right. <laughs> 15 minutes and 45 seconds. Um, the entrances just took forever. Oh, oh, on this I thing. see. When you just said 15 minutes and 45 seconds, I was like, was that how long the match was or the entrances? Dude, the were- entrances might have been just as long as the match. It seemed to take just forever and, for all of these ladies to get out there. And, you know, I know some people are going to push back on this and like say, but not a lot of reactions for these girls so they loved naomi's entrance which this new entrance way they have mm-hmm. you know big video screen basically looks the same to be honest with you but they yep. added like a floor that's kind of reflective like glass and it's all the way down the entrance aisle so on the, the right kind of videos you get that reflection and it looks cool uh naomi's worked really well her entrance it, looks it sweet. looked good i mean it's kind of a cool entrance that music it's actually like not yeah. music that makes you want to like you know run and like hide in the corner that like you're embarrassed that it's playing in the same room you're in. But yeah, uh, she um, got, she had a good, she got a good reaction. Liv got a good reaction. Um, and bliss got a good reaction when she wasn't doing the, the weird mind control stuff. The crowd hated that as we had predicted for months. I mean, we talked about on our previous episode, was it two weeks ago that, um, or no, this was on green room, our green room show last week that, uh, They've been kind of moving her away from like the campier stuff, but she still does it. I mean, she still has the hypnosis thing. And the crowd, when she tried to hypnotize uh, Zelina Vega in this match, crowd did not like that. But when she was just wrestling more normal and doing like the character bit in the corner and everything, the cr- and her entrance, the crowd popped for all of that. I mean, Alexa was one of the more popular people in the match, but they hated the campy shit. Dude. That hypnosis spot was a real low point. And like the worst part about it is they were climbing up and I think the crowd could sense that they were going to do it. Yeah. It's like the opposite of what you want wrestling to be, right? Mm-hmm. In these climactic moments, the you want the crowd to be anticipating what's about to happen. Like kind of be like, oh my God, are we about to get this like awesome thing? Yeah. But they were like, oh my God, she's going to do like the hypnosis bit. And this is going to be really bad. And it's like, and, and like, it's not really their fault. They're being asked to do like a really horrible, shitty spot, but like the acting doesn't help. Like, man, I know people are like, oh, Alexa does this well. I mean, have you seen a good movie? If you say that comment, like ever, <laughs> like this isn't like, this was like, I, I, this was the one thing. So I was hoping to get some of the show watched. Yes, please say what you put in the Facebook group here. Okay, so my wife was handling bath duty, and you know we had gotten home, um, and I, you know, I saw I was like, all right, I'll try to get one match in, you know, tonight before we go back and uh, before Cam and I go hang out on the porch or whatever. And um, this hypnosis spot happened, and I was like, nope, 
six-year anniversary today, and I want to make it to seven. I mean, <laughs> look, people are free to like whatever they want. You, you, you like, you know, I have opinions. I just happen to have a microphone too. Thank you, Ryan Trosty. <laughs> You're everyone listening is entitled to their own opinions. I just, if you liked that spot, I don't want to be friends with you. I just don't know what to say. Like, it is like the most, like I had my college roommate and his family. Well, what fine people they are came and visited this weekend. If they had been sitting in the room with that was on television, I would have been so humiliated. I don't know what I, I would have like changed my name and gone into like the FBI witness protection program. I, I just, I don't know anything like shittier. Like Justin Joint, who couldn't be with us today, you know, I, I think he used the term and he was very correct that wrestling can be very funny when it's self-aware. Like mm. this isn't self-aware at all. Like I, I think if somebody walked through and saw that, like they'd be like, wait, like they don't like this isn't ironic at all. <laughs> like it's very, very bad. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, I per you know, I was laughing. I thought, you know, what they should have done is when Alexa started climbing back up after she had Zelina hypnotized i thought natty should have climbed the ladder if we're doing callbacks to 10 years ago and farted on her <laughs> now that would have been a cut now that, that i would have laughed at now you want to do a callback huh by the way oh. how, about, how about natty's applebee's commercial yeah i absolutely 100 percent believe that natty would say we're eating good in the neighborhood while saying that applebee's and of course she looks both ways like she does during her entrance <laughs> the acting in that commercial was not great no. Uh, -uh. uh yeah. I Natty was very good in this match though. I thought, yeah. She was the veteran presence they needed. I mean, that's, some of these people what, are what, very much still keep, learning. They keep telling me Natty's the veteran presence this match you do this match. She directed traffic during this match. I thought she well, was Well, I'll tell you what, it might be time to get a new safety cop because this was <laughs> maybe the worst ladder match. I look. No, the did, match was terrible. I, mean, I, I was, agree. It was not it was, a good match. It was yeah. maybe the worst ladder match I've ever seen. I, I I know that we're supposed to maybe be a little kinder and stuff, but I can't. I mean, the crowd kind of liked Liv a little bit, like you mentioned, during a match. When she would climb up, they would seem to get into it. But I would say more than kind of like Liv. I thought Liv should have won this match. Um, You know, so here's – we haven't even talked about the winner. Let's not bury the lead. It's this Nikki A.S.H. Almost, almost superhero. Uh, this was bad, dude. You want to talk about embarrassing? Dude. This comes on the screen and people walk in that aren't wrestling fans. I'm sorry, man. I know, like, this character is supposedly kind of her idea, and of course Vince likes it, obviously, by the finish. Dude, that's – it's terrible. It is I mean, so bad. It is. And, dude, it's not it got a title – it's not a title gimmick. So to put the money on – this is basically Otis all over again in the mm -hmm. women's division. What it is. Yeah, and they're going to probably beat her a bunch of times, too, because that's what they do when they have the briefcase. Hopefully they don't do that with Big E. Uh, she had zero reaction, I thought, mm -hmm. when she came out. Uh, she did get a reaction when she won. I thought the finish to this match, by the way, was atrocious. Like how it was the other six brawling on the three ladders, and she just kind of ran up and got it while they were yes. brawling. I thought that was hideous. That was terrible. Who booked that finish? Yeah. Uh, Tamina, I guess uh, her honeymoon is over, by the way. The crowd did not like her. Remember, yeah. like, <laughs> she got, like, this pop at WrestleMania, and people really were into Tamina. <laughs> Yeah. Come on, man. I mean, they booed every time she got involved. And yeah. maybe that's why I was kind of like just sick of Natty, Ryan, because like they were obviously the tag team champions. They were working together. It mm -hmm. just seemed like every time they did something, it got a negative reaction. Um, as far as Nikki winning this, I would be more mad if I actually gave a shit who won this match. <laughs> and I, I talked about it on Spotify Greenroom. Again, people are going to say I'm being mean. This was a jobber match to me. None of these women. I would consider putting a world title. I know you get a year with the money in the bank and you can build them up. No way. No way. This was just like eight women who have been booked or seven women who kind of like, you know, booked pretty weekly. Um, w E A K that is. And I don't care about any of them. Well, the, the thing is they've been booked weekly at our minds, but like for Alexa bliss, they've, booked her strong in their minds because she's been a focal point on tv for a long time and it, but she hasn't been in the title picture and her being like a perennial multi-time champion it would make sense for her to win i think the crowd would have liked her winning as long as it didn't involve voodoo yeah i was gonna um, say but dude with yeah. this gimmick i don't want to see her like i just want to see her more. keep transitioning away like she's not she didn't come out like doing the little girl thing you know she's yeah. a little more adult now that was good um but 
it really only made sense. I said this on Green Room too. And by the way, we'll be live on Spotify, Spotify Green Room later this week at the app. Uh, Alexa made sense from that perspective because she's got so much TV time. Uh, and Liv Morgan really made a lot of sense because how many times have they teased that they're going to do something with Liv Morgan? For Christ's sakes, they made a documentary on her. Uh, and then they built her up for weeks and weeks that like, oh, she can't get in the match. She finally gets in the match. And then she just friggin' loses. What? <laughs> like, why did they spend weeks of her like trying to get in the match? She gets into the match. Nope. Sorry, Liv. Yet again, we'll pull the rug out from under her. Both of them, especially Liv, would have been a way better choice than Nikki. I'm sorry. I think Nikki is a very nice person. I think the gimmick is absolute hot garbage. And yeah. she got, you said she got kind of a reaction. It was a very tepid reaction yeah. to a money in the bank victory because she shouldn't have won the match. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like this great reaction. I mean, it was better than I was just comparing it to the reaction she got when she came out at the start. Yeah. You know, which yeah. was like zero. I mean, you could hear like a pin drop. Yeah. Almost. It would, yeah, I don't know. I thought this was just a really, really bad. Oscar did nothing. Mm-mm. By the way, nope. I mean nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I there were there were t- points I forgot she was even in the match. I mean, she. I mean, woo. Hope she real enjoyed bad. her pay per view payoff. My hat's off to her though. <laughs> yeah, real bad. So, you know, overall, it started. Well, it started with a good match on the kickoff show. This one was not the greatest start, but I felt like the show picks up steam as it went. The last three matches I very much enjoyed. I would have cut a little time off the main event, but you know what? You had two veterans, well, a longtime veteran in Edge and Roman, who's getting into that veteran territory and who's doing some of the best. Yeah, he's getting that. (laughs) He's been on top in this promotion for for six years. He's still a young guy, but. He has, yeah, he's been in big time situations for years and years and years, and he's doing great character work still. Um, I really enjoyed the main event. I liked seeing John Cena, as we said. We'll see how that plays out on television. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think a B plus for me is where I'm at. Didn't like that opening ladder match, um, but uh, you know, and enjoy. I, I I didn't regret spending my Sunday night watching this show. I will say, I could have done without watching the show, and. <laughs> Look, I'm going to throw a, a dash of cold water on everybody, I guess. And, you know, the Dirty Diaper Brigade can run after me all you want, okay? I'm just going to sum up where I am with this. And I think this is a good thing uh, for me to close my thoughts on Money in the Bank 2001, okay? I see all this enthusiasm. 2021. The- 2001. You might have been having a happier time. Yes. Well, there was no Money in the Bank. Thank you, <laughs> I know, by the I way. Know. Yes. Uh, but Money in the Bank 2021. Thank you. You just got 2001 on the mind from our classic show. Yes. Here. Yes, I did. Um, see some enthusiasm about the show. This is where I'm at, though. I could go to SmackDown for free this week. It's in Cleveland, by the way. I'm not going. It's a little surprising. I'm not going to SmackDown. First of all, half the show's not even going to be in Cleveland. Yeah, they're doing the But even before there. that, like... I'm, no, nah, man, I don't want to go to a WWE TV show. For free. Not even for free. I'm not going. Could walk in the building. I'm here. Not we're, going. Big, we're, we're big timers here at Top Rope Nation. Kyle could legitimately go for free, and he's yeah. not going to do it. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, you know, for all this emotion I've seen about the product, I'm not. I'm just not feeling it, man. Greg's comment here. Just changed my kid's diaper. Am I a member of that brigade? I'm confused. No, no, you're not <laughs> in the dirty diaper brigade. It's... You know, maybe the kid, the dirty diaper brigade is people who soil themselves at my comments, <laughs> not people who are fantastic fathers like yourself, Greg. Let me ask you this. Are you going to tune in at least for the opening of Raw tonight to see what Cena says? I don't know. If I'm not doing I will probably else, watch that live, okay. but then right. I'll probably turn it off, to be honest with you, There's, and catch yeah. it on the replay, DVR. I, I, I cannot remember the last time I watched the WWE TV show live. I... And, you know, and I don't even care about the surprise. I just like to see, you know, what kind of what happened. And I'll watch it if it's something worth, I think, worth talking about. I just think a lot of it's just dreck and not mm-hmm. really worth talking about. Yeah. Just rematch after rematch. That's the thing. I mean, that's what that's how I felt watching SmackDown. It's like, how mm-hmm. many times have I seen these matches? Sure, the yeah. live crowd's back, but nothing on the show felt fresh yeah. to me. And, and, you know, even with Cena Reigns, you know, it's bigger now than it ever could have been, I suppose. Um We've seen promo build from them before that no mercy match. And I think the promo build's gonna probably be pretty similar mm-hmm. to that. So I mean, it'll be interesting what he says. Like I said, Johnny's been off TV for all this time. 
you know, how what's his character motivation? Is it just going to be all about setting the record? Is there something personal they're going to do? Like, yeah, Rain Cena on paper is a very big time sounding match. But what's the hook going to be? You know, what's the storyline going to be to get us there? Yeah. So we've got we have several matches now set up for SummerSlam, right? We've got uh supposedly Lashley and Goldberg. We've got Seth and Edge, right? We've got Reigns and Cena, obviously. So that card's already coming together. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how it's fleshed out in the two of those two of those three are very interesting to me i'm again edge and seth rollins is not something that i am like foaming at the mouth to watch i agree i agree agreed it's like especially this edge god this guy can't do a match in under 30 minutes anymore (laughs) dude if they give seth and edge 35 minutes at SummerSlam. That could be a fun post show just to see your reaction. I hope Seth cackles in between every spot. That's the pacing. It's just spot, cackle, spot, cackle. That's what I hope <laughs> to do. All right, Kyle. Well, hey, man, it's always enjoyable to spend a late morning on a Monday talking a little pro wrestling with you, my friend. Glad you had a good anniversary. Yes, and you too, of course. You would. Yeah, last Both week was mine as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, anniversary in the same week. July my anniversary... Great- Three uh, three tornadoes came around my area. Luckily, none came to our city, but they were yeah. close. July is a great time to get married. Uh, that it is. That it is. And to have a baby coming soon here in my household. Yeah, must me must me. <laughs> November and December is a good time to hit the old sack, huh? <laughs> hey man, it works. It's getting cold. Got to <laughs> do what you got to do. That's Mister Wonderful. <laughs> I love how you tie that together. Oh man. All right, so here's the deal. Here's the schedule for Top Rope Nation. Uh, later this week, we will be doing Spotify Green Room. Check out the app. It's on Android and Apple. Follow myself and Kyle in there. Just search our first and last names. They'll come up. It'll be a live show. I think the plan right now, unless a baby is born in my household, is probably to go again uh, either live after Dynamite or sometime in the afternoon on Thursday. Um, if you follow me, I'll, I'll uh, send you an invite to the live room when we're on there. You can call into the show. It's a lot of fun. Those are put out as bonus podcasts each and every week. Um, This week, that show will likely go out on our main feed so everybody can see what we're doing on Spotify Green Room and what those podcasts are like. And if you like it, sign up for the Patreon page. Five bucks a month, a bonus podcast every single week, plus the monthly bonus podcast, Top Rope Nation Classics. Like I said, that's dropping next week, WWF Invasion 2001. So that's what's on the agenda. We've got a lot of stuff coming in the weeks ahead. Stay tuned, subscribe, review, review, rate, all that good stuff. We'll be talking to you guys again real soon. So for Kyle Ross, my name's Ryan Drosty. Take care. Have a good week. <laughs>